You're listening to the One Two Three Show with me, Noreen Mayer, this afternoon. I'd like to welcome back to the studio Karen Co, our wonderful co-host for this week's Agenda Cafe. How are you doing, Karen? I'm great, Noreen. Very, very well, and have a very interesting topic for today. That's right. So today we're talking about menopause, <laughs> not men, menopause. That time in a woman's life when fertility is winding down, and of course bringing with it other changes, um, some positive um, from what. We hear and read, they're mostly negative, but we'll talk more about what really is going on. And menopause, of course, is part of the natural aging process for women. And while we all make jokes about hot flushes and mood swings, what is really going on? Well, joining us now to explain, explore, and hopefully burst some myths is Dr. Susan Jameson, who's a physician in Hong Kong and a specialist in integrative and functional medicine. And interestingly, Dr. Jameson also set up Hong Kong's first well woman clinic way, way back in 1989. So she's always been um, interested in women's health. So welcome to the show, Dr. Jameson. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you. So menopause is, it's such a, first of all, the word is just really not a flattering word, I think. There could be much better words. But it's nothing to do with men, no, by the way. it doesn't. Just, it should be called womanopause, right? But of course, we know where it all comes from. But let's first talk about the, the journey and kind of menopause 101. We're talking about really when all these symptoms, we're talking about perimenopause, which is, mm. that's the journey that women yeah. experience. It's where it starts. So tell us medically what is mm. going on. Well, it does vary woman to woman as well, doesn't it? And I think according to what happened to your mother, it's kind of genetic when when you go through these transitions. But genetically, you know, or, or evolutionary-wise, we just don't need our fertility. So the, the hormones wind down. Hormones are produced by the ovaries. And um, they wind down really after the age of 45. And then some people more, more quickly than others. And the three that are produced are estrogen, progesterone and testosterone and deficiencies of various, you know, ones of these does different things and has different sort of symptoms. So you, you just mentioned the, so the age of 45, but is there, is that like a hard and fast age group or is there quite a range um, the, the, of look, There is a range. I mean, um, you know, people go through the menopause in their 30s, about 1%. It does happen. And... Um, not good for them if they haven't had children right bit of a shock and it's as terrible as a doctor to have to tell people this and break that news so it, it really does vary some people in their early 40s are affected and some you know regular periods at 54 and they're not affected at all mm, so it's really different for everybody oh, so different so basically what are the signs and, and the symptoms well um there's, I mean, I just like to joke about this because actually I don't think it's that positive. You know, can we have a positive spin on this? There's just, a, you know, there's the ragey loony menopausal sort of, as I call it. And I think everyone knows what that is. Rageful mood swings, um, angry or depressed, crying all the time. This is so not good because, you know, the happiest of a cheerful person suddenly becomes a bit of a lunatic and no one likes that. Especially the woman, right? Who cares about anyone else? Mm. They're feeling terrible. You know, they're trying to manage probably difficult teenage children or in the boardroom, you know, they've got Keeping all these... Keeping it all together. Uh, yeah. yeah, there's so much going on in a woman's life, actually. Um, so the mood swings are, are one thing and literally the hormones are fluctuating just like a teenager. Think, think about a, an adolescent with horrible mood swings, bad skin, difficult... Um, it's kind of almost the same, mm. but the, except they're more aware of it and therefore they also feel guilty and bad when they're snapping at the children. So that, that's just a sort of emotional thing. 
So there's the emotional aspect of it, but also f- there's, there's the this, uh, physiological yeah. changes as well. What yeah. can I expect then um, yeah. if and when I okay. go through menopause? <laughs> well, I'm going to preface this yeah. by the fact that it's all... Um, sortable and treatable okay so we can do things to help this because i say it's not really that positive but um the estrogen um tends to be hot flushes and sweats and some people say they just soak through the bed sheets Mm -hmm. other people just it's so variable asians tend to sail through this a lot more easily um caucasians not near not nearly so much that's that tends to be one difference um, so some people get a little bit hot occasionally, but oh. others really, it's ridiculous. Oh, I'm, a mix, I'm a mixed mixed race. I'll see which side I swing then. <laughs> yeah, lottery there. I'm you definitely, have. I'm definitely going through the hot flushes. Thankfully in Hong Kong, it's so hot that everyone is sweating a lot. So sometimes so you, can, you can hide it. It's like, oh, that guy's yeah. also sweating. <laughs> Carry a fan. It's so ladylike. That's my advice. So, so no, no, and then there's the, you know, estrogen's involved in collagen formation, right? Collagen's a connective tissue under your skin. So the difference between a, a 20 and 80 year old woman is plump skin mm-hmm. yes and then the joints so achy creaky joints maybe stiffness in the mornings and the nails and the hair may be brittle so we don't think about all these things but that estrogen is involved in the connective tissue um so so you know there's all the different sort of things vaginal dryness oh, is yes. one that and of course libido changes and sex drive are due to testosterone fluct women have testosterone we produce it in our ovaries muscle mass um energy, cognitive, mental sharpness a little bit, and um, actual libido. So, or then progesterone, I kind of differentiate. Will the libido spike or will it drop? Do you know what, it can do either because testosterone is a bit complicated. Um, It's bound to a protein in the blood. So if you measure it, you have to do a free testosterone, not a total. You don't care the total, you you care what's available to work, free testosterone. Free testosterone. Um, It it can actually go both ways, confusingly. Again, it's a lottery. It's yeah. a bit of a lottery there, uh, but usually, usually the less. Um, and um, and then progesterone can be really is the calmness hormone, I would say, and sleep and hair loss. That's that's, that's one I've discovered. Hair, hair loss. loss. Yeah. A lot of women compare hair loss in the forties. Okay, they? well that makes I've, sense. I've already lost so much hair during my pregnancy and after. I'm going to be a baldy. Well, you do see, you do <laughs> no, you won't. You do see much. Well, I, now I don't want to say much older women because I'm going to be one of those. <laughs> but you do see older women who do, whose hair is is thin, patchy on top, is that, yes. patchy on top, yeah. right? Yeah. So that's kind of part of. That'll and be and me. they're really upset. They say they lose. You know, you lose hair when you wash your hair, okay? Yeah. But they're losing much more. Yes. <laughs> and, and it's not upset. growing back. Uh, apparently not because no. they're a bit thin on top. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah. so so yeah, this is all negative. But as I say, you know, it is like it is a happening thing, and uh, there are there are some benefits. I do believe it's the wise woman phase of a woman's life, actually. Mm, okay. Well. And of course, the other thing that I happens like is that wise woman phase. Right. Yes. 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 We all love yes. wisdom, right? Um, the the other thing that happens, of course, is your periods stop, right? Well, that can, eventually, that, eventually, that can be a real hassle as well. Now, you can be honestly have very menopausal bloods and you're still having periods. Why? Because you've only just got enough hormone to give you this vague withdrawal bleed, but you're not ovulating. You're not producing an egg. So that's confusing. So you can't go by the periods. Yeah, it's really confusing. So you're not actually fertile during that time or could be fertile, but oh, not. That's another one. It could be 1% chance, actually, you know, oh, something like that. Yeah. We don't I was, want I was that. just talking to my doctor about this recently and, you know, she said, yeah, yes, you could get pregnant because we don't know really if you're ovulating unless you want to do a test every 10 days and find yeah. out. Um, but it's most likely at this age that you would miscarry anyway if you got pregnant. Well, that's, that's nice. That's most likely, yeah. Um, but 
okay. it's like, oh, great. I don't know about that. I just think, uh, yeah. So, so it's all these things that people just need to know that they don't need to put up with those symptoms. That's the, that's the important thing. Well, you know, one interesting thing is I know that, um, okay, Hong Kong in general, people don't talk about sex and their bodies, etc. And do, do many uh, women get told about menopause by their own mothers? I know that my mother didn't tell me anything. No, <laughs> Not really, but I do remember her being very bad tempered. Yes, I just put that down to normality. <laughs> but you know, this is the <laughs> thing. Now it's coming. This is the thing that recently I read this article. It was in the New York Times, and, and it was a woman going. She was perimenopausal, and she said, "Why isn't there some sort of sex education class for this age to tell you what to expect? Just like we give to teenagers, like here's what's going to happen to you during puberty. Yeah, All these changes yeah, will happen because yeah. we're at the other end now. You know, at, at the teenage years, it's like all the hormones." exploding mm. and going crazy. Now yes. it's your hormones are falling off a cliff. Here's what to expect. But look, this is a total gender issue. If men went through this, oh my goodness. There'd be a lot of research. <laughs> libraries of literature. There'd be, uh, there'd be libraries. I mean, it's like menstruation, isn't it? No one talks about that. But if men did it, oh my goodness, a quarter of every shop would be devoted to products, right? And it would be programs every day about it and research funded probably. Yes. But no, you're right. I think it's only in the last 10 years that people have become aware there's more magazines and stuff. Um, and and people you know now know that they can get help for horrible symptoms. They're feeling miserable, those women. And it's not them. They know that they've had this like change that physiologically is upsetting them. Yeah, and, it, and all women are going to go through it. So why not be aware of it and talk about it and Half normalize the world's it. population. Yeah. yeah. Can we back up a little bit? I mean, we talk about menopause, but what about perimenopause? Because, I mean, how early can that start? I've read that it can start as early for women in their 30s. So you've got sort of yeah. 10, 10 yeah. 20 years before well, you hit 50. Well, look, look, I think it's a little bit artificial. Everyone can get hormone fluctuations. People get premenstrual tension. They have, they have hormone fluctuations, right? So I, I think we can only call it perimenopause when it's just, you know, about to become menopause. In other words, it's on on that slide on but but talking about all these negative things we have to remember a lot of people sail through this mm. so it's not it's not really you know it's variable so yeah. how if you're one of those people who sails through it how would you know you're actually going through it well Can, could you not they, have they any symptoms know. i mean because generally with most women the periods stop mm. or the periods um actually they normally change you get less frequent maybe gap of three or four months or you get clots and they get heavier or something like this so you wouldn't you wouldn't know there'd be a change or they just stop and i've read that the symptoms can go on all these symptoms you described the the night sweats hot flushes yeah. mood swings they can go on for a long time i mean for the average yeah. maybe four years but sometimes 10 yeah. years or more do you know what you are so right there I've had, I've had a lot of ladies in the 60s recently who completely were fine for years say i've just got hot flushes again what's all this about it, it, that which is um, it is a strangely common pattern, but and what's the cause of well, that? Well, what that's about is what else is going on in their lives. Like hormones aren't it's not just you know hormones as it were. Things like stress will make a big difference, or sadly, um, alcohol um, will actually affect your hot flushes and how things work in your body. Stress in particular, because if cortisol production, you know the stress hormone. Um, can diminish the production of other hormones in the body. Remember, naturally, it, after menopause, we do produce some hormones. It's converted from testosterone and in the fat under our skin and from the adrenals. So we are producing hormone, but there is a conversion process. 
and cortisol stress hormones interfere with that conversion. And how do you know that's related to menopause or postmenopause? Could it be other underlying illnesses that's causing that conversion? Uh, no, no. What I'm talking about is, um, you know, say a, a postmenopausal woman who's been okay, um, and then suddenly starts getting a lot of hot flushes and feeling bad. Um, oh, I see. Um, well, that's the normal cause, but I think we should see a doctor. I mean, it's very un unlikely that it's possible they'd be an adrenal tumor, but extremely unlikely. Yeah. I mean, yes. I commend doctors who actually, yeah. you know, make an effort to understand more about menopause because there are doctors out there who just simply sort of say, well, all women go through this, yes. you know, lose a bit of weight right. or... Put up with it. Yeah. yeah. And, it, and, and they don't really treat it. Well, I think because such. it's not a disease, you know, it's not a, a medical yeah. disease, then yeah. perhaps it's not taken as seriously. But it definitely can affect people's quality of life, and not just the woman, but her family and her partner. I mean, we I hear, st yeah. hear stories of uh, husbands being really afraid or frustrated because they feel like, you know, where's the woman who I married? She's a different person. And it's a, it becomes a big thing in the relationship as well. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I guess that's, that's true. And... Um, I mean, GPs don't know that much about it normally because they don't deal with it. Gynecologists are far too busy delivering babies and, you know, dealing with really serious issues. So it hasn't ever had a place of its own until quite recently people are focusing on it. Mm, okay. So yeah. let's just look at some of the particular um, symptoms that we talked about and what you can do about it. So let's start with vaginal dryness. What can you do about well, that? Well, that's a really simple one. Um, it's, it's just the plumpness of the vaginal skin gets a bit less plump and dry. So there are a tiny little oestrogen pessaries that are really neat and nice. You can use one twice a week. And even some ladies who've had breast cancer, their oncologists tell them it's okay to use those pessaries. So they're not, it's not like hormone replacement or something like that. Okay. Or you can use more lubrication. Uh, you could, but it's not it's really not going to be the thing. It. Yes, you, I mean, if it's is it, it, possibly better to use the oestrogen, but lubrication is a good idea too. Okay. Um, all right, then the changes in your skin and hair, anything you can do about that? Um, well, yeah, they're, they're less full of collagen, less plump, and therefore they get dehydrated more, right? I think we all know our skin gets drier and our hair. Um, so, you know, the, the, that's onto the treatments. There are two basic treatments with that and that's taking herbs and supplements to balance those hormones or um, taking um, sort of hormone replacement and then there is there is some also some medications that are used but to you know help flushes and prevent osteoporosis there's some tablets to be used as well though I tend not to use those yeah let's talk about the hormone replacement what sorts of intervention is that then um, well, in the old days, when I first um, started training, it was all um, tablets made of um, horse's urine. The oestrogen would actually come from pregnant mares. That's how they got it, yeah, right? They have pre, to get them It's called Premarin, pregnant Premarin, mare urine. Premarin, right? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Is that why the name was that's, Premarin? That's I never name. knew that. Pregnant and I never thought. Urine. I never thought of why the name was called Premarin. That's so funny. In, in the 80s, 90s. And you know what? It's very good, actually. Patients were very happy on it. But it's just we've moved on to not using that, basically. Something we think is better. A bit like in the old days, all insulin came from pigs. It was pork in urine, pork in insulin. <laughs> and now, now we have other stuff. We've got monoclonally genetic insulin. Okay, so now we have... Um, so, so that was the first one. And then the pharmaceutical companies came out with little packets uh, or, or patches of drugs um, that were better. Well, there were synthetic drugs thought to be better than the horsey ones 
40 synthetic drugs. Um, and then there's bioidentical hormones, which are made to be identical to human oestrogen, progesterone or testosterone. And, now, um, and then do you take it daily as well, like you would for the contraceptive pill or um, is it injected? Well, there are various regimes. Um, no, but there are patches that it can be used, um, but they're not very pop. They're not, actually, we don't have patches in Hong Kong. Drug companies don't import them. So we tend, we d tend not to do that. So it's either creams or tablets. So, so years ago, there were a lot of concerns about hormone replacement therapy and l being linked to cancers mm. like breast cancer. Mm. It, is that still a concern or is it much? I remember exactly 2003, there was this nurses initiative health study in the east coast of the US. And they found that there was an increased risk of a clots, actually, wasn't it? Heart attacks, heart attacks, a thrombosis, and maybe slightly increased of breast cancer. Uh, I emailed in 2000, I was in, I know exactly where I was, I was in Santa Fe, New Mexico, when that study came out. And I just emailed all my patients, asked them to stop, which may seem a bit of an overkill, but I think doctors have to protect the patients and pay attention. I mean, about 20,000 people in that study, it was big. Um, but the only thing was, of course, they were doing it on the old-fashioned horsey urine, horsey mm. stuff, the Premarin, right? So all, I mean, it was quite a long trial, a good trial done over some time, but on the, the old hormones, we were no longer prescribing. Mm. So actually, maybe should have taken that into consideration. Right. So you, so they don't, you don't have that risk with the, the current... Well, um, well this, this is it. Um, so that was trials done on the synthetic old hormones. I don't really use them anymore. I tend to use bioidentical ones. So I feel this, that's less risk. But the other thing is, I do believe in monitoring patients' bloods every six months to make sure nothing's too high levels. It shouldn't be. Mm, okay. We have to be really careful. So, um, when, I mean, how serious would someone's suffering or symptoms have to be for you to recommend that they go on hormone replacement therapy? Well, people don't come to me for nothing, if you know what I mean. You know, they come because they are suffering. So, um, and the same in the UK, actually, there's, it, they have the same prescription tendencies and um, the emotional, the, the mood swings that they don't like really disabling hot flashes. I mean, they're waking up five times a night. So obviously, you know, then then they're getting tired and depressed and you can't literally can't do your work. You get irritated the next day. Irritability and, yeah. and depression because you're not even, who knows if it's just lack of sleep even. Yeah. Right. So, so that would be one. Um, I mean, these are the two basics. Mm. And and the replacement therapy is, is effective in that it would it completely stop the hot flushes or the, the stop them, yeah. you know, being as, as severe? Nine out of 10 patients, it'll stop within one week. It's that quick. Wow. Nine out of 10. And, and the other indication, remember, would be osteoporosis. Anyone who's in their 40s and then going through men with thin bones, uh, you'd want that would be an indication for hormones because oestrogen is very protective against the bones. And the moment you go through menopause, you lose about 3% of your bones every year. Oh, gosh. Wow. Every year and then the next year and the next year, you know. And if you're taking, say, calcium supplements or something, because that, does that help? But it's not going to replace the bone. It's loss, not going right? to replace the bone at all. So that's just something that every it's something that, that is it, well, yeah, yeah. It's it's not really going to do anything for osteoporosis. I mean, everyone says to take that because we don't want a woman deficient in in it, but not just calcium, magnesium, and vitamin D. Yeah, let's continue with this uh, after the 2.30 news yeah. with Dr. Susan Jameson this uh, afternoon. We're talking about uh, menopause. Feel free to drop us an email uh, if you have any uh, stories or your experience to share with us. One, two, three, show at rthk.hk. 
Welcome back. You're listening to the Agenda Cafe this afternoon with me, Karen Ko, and Noreen Mir. And we are talking about menopause. Uh, yes, that change of life that all women eventually go through. And we're joined by Dr. Susan Jameson, who's a physician and a specialist in integrative and functional medicine. So, uh, Susan, before the break, we were talking about a couple of the symptoms and how you can address them and also hormone replacement therapy. Let's talk about some of the other symptoms um, as well. So some women say they either put on they put on weight mm. and no matter what they do in terms of diet or exercise they just can't uh, not put on weight. I mean mm. is that is that also metabolism or is it more it's specific to It's a big one that is. Now I've been dealing with this for so long and I feel so bad for them. Um there's two things. I, I, I think as a woman gets older, especially when she's ha- had kids, she really does less exercise. Now, your metabolism is relative to your muscle mass. So that's it, really. It's directly proportional. So if you haven't kept up your exercise, you've got less muscle mass, you're just burning less calories. Um, but the other thing is the menopause hormone, which is a pituitary gland in hormone in the brain, follicle-stimulating hormone, FSH, is they only discovered this five years ago. A paper was written directly related to fat around the abdomen. Oh, great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so, I mean, that's why they changed from being the pear shape, you know, with yes. big breasts and hips, small waist, to the, 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 the andropause, yeah. the apple. So it's all around the tummy. And I think we've all seen that in little, you know, roly-polies, I yeah. call them. But um, I, I'm rapidly becoming one of those, um, actually, myself. <laughs> roly-poly. Um, so, so it's not desirable. And it is hormonal, and we can really do something about that. Mm, okay. Well, that you know, that's good to know that because you know, you sort of when you see older women like that, you think, why are they eating too much? Or are they not exercising? Yeah. And it's not something they can necessarily Stuff. control. And thyroid, remember, is going to get lower at this stage as well. I think I think it just gets burnt out. I think people get tired out with the, the pressures of modern society, the work, the kids, they're rushing around. So the thyroid also. Um, you know, low thyroid causes weight gain. So that's another thing, right, that one wants to check. So you mentioned earlier um, metabolism being related to muscle mass. So would that sort of argue for it being a good idea to do more exercise that is muscle building, you know, to actually do some strength training as you get older? Both, both, because, I mean, people are different genetically, but it's the way you burn your fat. Some people better to do cardiovascular, some better to do weights. It's, um, I mean, yoga would be a form of weights because yoga's weight-bearing, right? Mm. Um, It does depend on the body, but to do something is just important and maybe mixture, right? So that's that's something people can do. Mm. Is there any way we can reverse the signs of menopause or reverse menopause? Um, or am I just being too optimistic? You know, the, the hormone replacement, I mean, are there, are there any ways to, to stop it from happening? No, because um, the, the ovaries, um, they run out of eggs, actually. They just, it just stops yeah. at, at, a, at a time. And the, you can go through early menopause. I mean, it can be stress-induced largely. That's one thing that could happen to people. But it's, it's kind of genetic when it's going to happen. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's not really that negative. Most people, you know, well, a lot of people are really okay and they're quite happy not to have to use contraception, exactly. to not have that hassle. Mm. So I guess that's one of the positives that you don't have to worry about getting pregnant anymore. Yeah. So, you know, so that would t- tend to argue that maybe that would be good for your sex drive. It, it's a free time. It's free. Exactly. A much freer time. Um, so, yeah, it's it's all, you know, it's all there for... Yeah, the, it's interesting. So I guess some of some of it has to be related to your mindset as well. Like if you, yeah. but I I do think that 
Um, one of the things, maybe it's a societal thing, you know, we, we live in a culture that idolizes youth, yes. uh, although it's changing a little bit. Like there are now we have a lot more older female role models who are seen as energetic and sexy and, you know, desirable. But there is also all still that narrative that as you get older as a woman, you're no longer as attractive, you're less feminine. And f to some extent, people, some people say that, oh, I feel invisible. Like people don't even see me anymore as, as, as a woman. How do, how do you address the, those feelings, you know, that mindset? Well, I think you're right. And women lose confidence, don't they? And then that affects them in the workplace, perhaps, too. Uh, what can I say that that is a mindset thing that they have to be positive, hang around with positive people, not the negative ones who are always obsessed with getting the latest shot of Botox, you know, hang around the positive people. I don't know about you, but recently I, I just think middle-aged women are actually more attractive personally. They, um, you know, look, look at these, these younger women and there's just nothing attractive about them. <laughs> this is nothing. They, they, you know, okay, they've got perfect skin, whatever, and they're really slim. But there's something like just no living, no experience. They're not attractive. I think uh, with age comes a lot of experience as well, and that in itself is very attractive. attractive you know, yeah. you know, you ooze that confidence. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and I think that itself, I think confidence is is attractiveness. Yeah. No, I agree. I think it's true. But I do hear stories from, you know, friends who say, well, you know, I'm. Nobody looks at me anymore because I'm past that age, you know. And and I do oh. think that's mindset as well. It's, it's your totally attitude. mindset. I have lots of boyfriends. Yeah, that is so not true. Yeah. It's total <laughs> confidence. Wait, that's another yeah. story. I, I'm single. I just say that. <laughs> um, and uh, you know what? It's uh, you know it's. I have no problem meeting men and I don't think I'm Marilyn Monroe. I just have, you know, it is like smiling, being approachable, being nice, yeah. um, having that happiness from inside, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, since we brought the men into the discussion, how should partners sort of uh, help the women navigate through menopause? Because you, you raised this point earlier, Karen, say some men actually feel, feel scared. They're scared. They don't know what to do. You know, they don't know what to ask or, or how to help. And or they just go around. Yeah, they're just like, like, oh, okay, we've just got to hang out here for the next five years. Well, that sounds really horrible. I mean, I, I you know, I, um, I I think the woman should go and see um, her doctor and see if there's anything, if she's really suffering. We must remember, we're only talking about the minority yes, here, yes. okay? But, of course, there is help there, and, and her husband should encourage her to do that and be a bit sympathetic, for, for sure. I'm sure they'd be like that anyway. Do you think that, that you know, men should be reading about menopause and educating themselves as well so they have an understanding That's a very of what's good point. going on. I mean we read about it in women's magazines all the time yes. but where do they read about it? Exactly yeah they should put it in men's magazines and just yeah. do men actually get menopause as well? Just I thought you were going to ask that mm, yes, yes but it's much slower and less obvious there is uh -huh. that um, you know <laughs> and the, yeah I actually see quite a few men for testosterone mm. um, the male, male hormone there is that you know um, middle-aged um, losing not managing to keep your muscle mass as you used to by going to the gym being mildly depressed everything's flat that midlife crisis midlife flatlining yeah yes and is that a hormonal thing for men it's slightly because it it, it doesn't drop dramatically like women it's not dramatic but it dwindles Mm -hmm. Yes, for sure. It, it, and then it, it gets lower as men get older, and some more than others. Right. Testosterone, this well, is. Testosterone. You know, you mentioned the women going from a pear shape to an apple shape. I see that in men too, right? And men <laughs> get that belly. But, you know, that's insulin resistance with them often. Um, insulin resistance, beer, 
stress will all affect and cause that and actually the same in women to be quite honest but men are more prone to what we call metabolic syndrome blood pressure cholesterol um, and diabetes and they have the apple shape but insulin resistance I mean, sugar is not anyone's friend basically mm. that's you know that's going to impact all those things mm, okay so what would you say for for a man for a male partner what should they not be saying to their you know female partner who's going through menopause and what, what are the things that well i think one, i probably have to be patient and not take things personally because you know mood swings are, are not easy uh, to deal with one day something's black the next is white it's like that that diverse and just gently gently you know maybe reflect this and ask if there's anything they can do to help that's a nice thing to say isn't it um you yeah. know she'll probably say just stop being so annoying something like that but <laughs> just go away for 10 years away, yeah. but you know what can i think that's all they can do yeah i mean yeah. Do, do some women need to go on antidepressants or, or other medications well, well that, that's a common one that i personally do not believe in because i think menopause should be treated as menopause not depression mm. so a lot of gynecologists do that and i think it's rubbish I just think it's rubbish. Mm. So I don't, I don't like that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, yeah. so they get put on it because they think it's a, a bigger sort of psycho. Well, depression is a symptom yeah. of the menopause. It's not. It's not. In, I believe endogenous depression. Oh, so it's not. It's, yeah. They're not suffering from a mental health problem. It's not a mental health issue. It's a hormone issue, and you know, and they were they were fine probably a year ago, and then they got the hormone things. So yeah, and skin rashes. They can have problems with skin rashes suddenly developing. It's not for the dermatologists again. They're not going to connect to the menopause, you know. I had a lady who'd seen five dermatologists. She was going through menopause and had skin problems. Wow. And was very stressed. Yeah. So it's kind of common. So, but is it hard sometimes to distinguish from the symptoms, which could be symptoms of other Disease. conditions, other, other diseases, and yeah. then saying, well, wait a minute, is this the sexual disease or is this just well, well you're absolutely right for instance just something like um really creaky stiff joints and that, if that happens suddenly maybe in your hands it, it could be annoying and but what's wrong with saying to someone you know just try this for a few weeks no harm in that is there and let's see if the symptom goes away mm. i mean so that's up to the doctor's judgment i think let's just try this if you really think it is due to maybe um you know the hormones okay so it, yeah. it, say for example if the person thinks i have arthritis but it actually could be well, well yes as I say that the, the collagen um, can affect that it can be a time that you get creaky and stiff and you well yeah you could always do the test for arthritis of course as well anyway but um, you know that's that's the doctor's judgment because it could easily be hormonal mm. so you were saying earlier that uh, generally speaking there's not GPs don't really specialize in this well it's not yeah that's right they don't get much training in it yeah so how how do you I mean will that change do you think it's it's gonna get better I totally. generally speaking yeah. women's health is not very well explored I mean it's not really researched yeah. and funded so well no I would agree um, a gynecologist honestly I mean they give people hormone replacement but they do prescribe antidepressants um, for for menopause and they're not really into it, a lot of them either, they're not really into it. We're in, very into bioidentical hormones, in, in which are, are really hard to get. I have to import them. How do, where do they come from? Are they from plants or...? Um, yes. Uh, okay, they're, they're from, sometimes they're plant-based and sometimes they're um, a bit like the insulin I said used to come from pigs, but now it's monoclonal genetic engineering. Oh. In other words, they make... So they're made in a lab? Uh, yeah, but they're not synthetic drugs. They're made to be identical to your human hormone. The point is it's identical. It, it's... 
is identical. Mm, mm-hmm. uh, and they have less side effects. They're more acceptable, gentle. So um, I, I, most people want those nowadays. They've read about it. Mm. The other thing I was interested in was given that as globally um, society, women are having children later... You know, we have this phenomenon yeah, of, yeah. you know, many people having yeah. their first child in their late 30s sometimes. Yeah. Um, and that's just the way society is evolving. Will that have any impact on menopause or are we just so hardwired <laughs> that we're still menopausing at the same time that our ancient ancestors were? Um, no, I think, um, well, men are kind of menopause have changed. So that's that when the woman has a first period, it's become earlier. With our nutritional status being better, you know, we're not starving to death anymore. Our fertility periods got longer. So that's why, you know, children are ha- having the periods younger and younger. Um, I'm not sure about when your pregnancy is having an influence on it. But my personal, um, I mean, what I've seen, though, is that it takes a lot out of the human body to have a pregnancy in your late 30s. So I have a lot of patients who've gone into menopause very quickly afterwards, oh, really? almost instantly. It's almost like they're drained. Do you know what I mean? The, the, the thyroid, the, the body's kind of drained. Because the body's designed to have children much, much younger. Well, it's tiring. Mm. It's just tiring, mm. yeah. Mm. So, but I'm not sure about large studies on that. That's just my observation. Yeah, Interesting. Wow. Food for thought, indeed. Yeah, something for our listeners can, to look forward to. It. Can we say anything? Po- can we say anything positive? I'm going to about say something positive. Wise woman stage. Um, there's a lot of settling after menopause. Um, emotionally, people are much. They know who they are. They're more confident. They know who they are. Um, and then um, just having this freedom from having to use contraception from the whole menstruation business. It's it's pretty important. I mean, who cares? I'm delighted to be a bit plumper. I really quite like it. Um, I think one has to like one's body and be happy. Yeah, absolutely. The apple of one's eye, exactly. literally. Let's crack yes. open a bottle of champagne yes. on that note. <laughs> <laughs> well, meanwhile, thank you so much uh, indeed for your time, Dr. Susan Jameson, for joining us this afternoon. And thank you very much, Karen, for joining us thank today. Thank you. And I'm not going to um, see you for a while. I'm taking a break for the summer and beyond. That's and right. So we will uh, resume the Agenda Cafe at a much later time. Yeah, we'll, we'll keep you posted, everybody. Definitely. Uh, happy summer. Thanks, Noreen. You too.